one of my top 10 favorite movies is the Thomas Crown Affair with Rene Russo and Pierce Brosnan. You feel like you're in a honeymoon in that movie. Flying around on glider planes and being shipped off to some exotic private island in a beautiful house right by the sea. Going to all the fancy parties and fancy dinners and you just have that sensation of being swept off your feet, right? Just like a honeymoon. And often we begin yoga and we enter the honeymoon phase, the phase where you're just on a high, totally in love. Life is so good. Things are starting to work for you. And you're just swept away by the practice. I know that that happened for me and it happens to many people. And it's an important phase to go through. We need that. Just like falling in love with your puppy that becomes your older dog and falling in love with your baby and you fall more in love with your child even though they drive you crazy when they're a toddler and a teenager. There's stages for all of this. But one thing I've been concerned about and watched over the years is a lot of the general public thinks yoga is just a honeymoon all the time. It's kind of how it's sold on social media. We only see the fluffy light and love. Everything's okay. Everything's good. And I think we, a lot of people come into the practice thinking, oh, this is going to fix everything, cure everything. I just need yoga. And over the years, leading many teacher training programs, being on this path myself a couple of decades now, it's not always a honeymoon. Yoga has a shadow side that we talk about less often. Yoga has a way of bringing up the darkness inside of you, the shadow selves. And the yogis in the ancient teachings taught us to run towards the fear, not away, but towards, to actually embrace the fear, embrace the dark corners of your heart, pull that into yourself, use it as a tool for transformation that we really look at these aspects of ourself. And quite frankly, they are the path to liberation. The runes are the path to liberation. And so these lessons, these dark spots, these little kind of holes in us, that's actually where the work is. And yoga aims to bring that to the surface. For many years now, I've had a mantra that I use quite often. I tell my students about it too. May hidden things be revealed. May hidden things be revealed. And when we intend something that powerful, you better bet stuff is going to rush to the surface. And all of a sudden you're in the Thomas Crown Affair on a glider plane and you've just been thrown back to reality going, oh man, I got to deal with this. This is coming up for me to look at, to see, to change, to transform to get a kind of a grasp at something much darker that, that needs healing. You know, this transition from dark to light. That's what it's all about, the transition from dark to light. Moving from dark to light can oftentimes be painful, kind of like a pruning of your branches. I had one person go through teacher training one year, and she still says this to this day. She teaches for me. She goes, man, I thought teacher training which is going to be a little trim, but you ripped my branches off, just bare bones, had to start completely over. Says people were catapulted out of my life that didn't need to be there anymore. My life was turned upside down. And the practice can have that tendency. Like a lot of times, this is a fun one when I have a 
new beginner that comes to class and they're like, I'm getting kind of nauseous every time after class. And I'm like, okay, well, let's look at that. And it's really easy for us to just blame the yoga. Well, it's got to be the yoga. It's I did the pose wrong. It's too hot in here. It's this class. I just, maybe I wasn't breathing right. Maybe I didn't sleep good last night. We're always looking for a cause. Like we're looking for this cause to, to blame this result. Sometimes we're just nauseous because we're clearing emotionally, psychically, physically, spiritually. It can be all of these things. But yoga is trying to show you, oh, there's something kind of poisonous within your being. And, and it's alchemical. It's like you're having this physical, tangible experience. And it's wanting to shed it. It's trying to show you something. So let's say maybe you were like a heavy smoker or heavy drinker. Or you just have like a heavy habit, like a lot of caffeine. I mean, it could be anything. And you continue to go to your yoga practice and you just, you may find yourself six, eight months, a couple years down the road going, I'm just not feeling really good when I, when I drink that, you know, five cups of coffee a day. I'm not feeling really good when I'm having this much alcohol daily. I'm not feeling very good because I smoke daily. And your body starts to tell you, hey, I'm, I'm not in alignment with that anymore. And that's the kind of darkness I'm talking about that's coming up. The physical practice is purifying you. It's working towards purifying you, mind, body, spirit. Another example. If you head to a yoga class and you've just eaten like a huge cheeseburger, fries, milkshake, you might be, not be feeling so well after that high-calorie, high-fat content of a diet after you take your yoga class. It can kind of disturb the practice, disturb the flow of breath and movement throughout your practice. And that just happens. It It's just your body going, hey, I don't know if that was the best choice before my yoga practice. And so if you have a diet that's real heavy with all the processed foods and things, that can be part of the reason you're nauseous or just not feeling well or something's coming up in practice. So these are just beginning examples of, okay, how does this darkness appear? What do I do with it? What is my body trying to tell me? I always tell first year yogis, you know, journal, get a journal, write down your experiences after class, write down kind of patterns and habits, start to learn, have this curiosity and inquiry about your life and how you live. And things will be revealed to you. That's just how the practice works. So yeah, yoga isn't always a honeymoon. Sometimes you are tossed around and thrown around and in some dark periods of time for a while in order to heal and to move forward so we can have more of the honeymoon phase in our life. Ultimately, that is the aim of yoga. Yoga is about thriving. It's about overcoming suffering. It's about moving to moksha, which we call liberation, and that can mean many things, the liberation of the soul in the afterlife the liberation in the physical world, bringing the heaven-like experience to earth. Moksha is the aim. But Swami Vivekananda says suffering is really the only way. There is no other way. Suffering leads us to follow God more. It leads us to awaken. It kind of, it's like pouring a cold bucket of ice water over you right when you've woken up from bed and going, oh, I'm awake. Suffering is our greatest teacher. I know in my own walks of life, when I have suffered, it has taught me where to go, where to look, where to reposition, re-aim my life so that I can transform and I can move forward. So important that we realize this aspect of the yoga practice and we're not taken off guard 
when we hit a bump in the road. It's so funny to me, you know, yoga can be very transient. I've been in this business for a while and people come and go and they have kids. So they have to leave the practice for a while or they move or this happens or work takes them here, or big life change here. It's just kind of like come and go. And then there's those people that really find their way back to the practice and they just never leave it. It's a part of who they are and they're very dedicated to all aspects of the practice, the physical asana, the meditation, the nidra, any part of it, the mental part of yoga, just living their yoga. And I think we should be compassionate and open-minded about yoga being this revolving door. I think that is totally okay and absolutely no judgment there. But what I would say is this. Oftentimes we leave the practice when we need it the most. When something gets scary, dark, out of whack, that's when we need to be on our mat the most. And it takes a true warrior, true deep discipline to commit yourself to practice when it's the last thing you want to do is show up on your mat. And going from yoga student to yoga teacher, boy, do you, don't you have to put your pen to paper and your words where your mouth fits and walk the walk. You have to do that or you can't survive as a teacher. You have to hold yourself accountable at a deeper level to continue your practice, even though things are rough right now. And it pays off. It just pays off. Sometimes I can have the worst day you know, worst week, the worst six months in a business cycle, and I keep going back to my mat. And it may not look the same. I may not can do a strong vinyasa practice. I may not have the energy, but I can get on my mat for 15 minutes and do a restorative shavasana. I can get in a little yin. I can get in a little meditation. I love yoga nidra and hard times when you're really stressed and really overworked. It's very relaxing and restorative, and you still are working with your consciousness to heal and move forward. So, you know, run to your mat when things are bad. That, that's my message. You know, run to your mat when things are scary, they're bad, and, and forget this notion that yoga has to be a honeymoon all the time. It's phases, you know. We go through phases. But as I've gone through the darkness, I find it cumulative in my own life that I can handle the lows a little better and have more peace during them. I can handle the highs better because... I'm not so attached. So just start finding this more middle solid ground where you can go through life a little less beaten down, a little less just slapped around. It's like the slaps and the punches and the kicks. They're not as strong. They're not as hard. You come into being at peace no matter what. I've used that mantra for many years. I'm at peace no matter what. It may take you lifetimes to master that one, but it's a great place to start. I'm at peace no matter what, because you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Some things are in our control. Some things are not. So yeah, don't be scared of the darkness. Pull it in. May hidden things be revealed. May you be changed by the dark corners of your heart. May you be transformed. May you know more love because of your suffering. All of that is at the core and the heart of a true yogi. If you are familiar with the Vedas, the Vedas are some of the oldest scriptures and texts, teachings on the earth. And we base a lot of the yoga teachings. They kind of bleed through and lay, you know, overlays and lots of similarities between the Vedic teachings and what exists today is the yoga teachings. 
in some of the Vedas, it refers to us coming to earth, coming to life, coming to this planet as a human being. We have three major lessons we've chosen to learn during this lifetime. So think about that. Three major lessons. So if the Vedas are giving us this number three, maybe that's about all we can really handle in a lifetime and really overcome, succeed, grow past. And like everything, I don't think it's all black and white. Some of us may have one major lesson or some may have a few more, but it's nice to just know where the teachings kind of aim aim at. Where's the heart of this? To me, this says, okay, my life is for a greater purpose. It's not supposed to be a honeymoon all the time. I'm actually supposed to get something from this. I'm actually supposed to grow and evolve my soul. I'm supposed to learn. And when you take that perspective and that approach, you kind of shift your mind to, okay, I expect the hard times. I expect the suffering. I expect this because I want to evolve my soul. I want to overcome. It's just something to ponder something to consider and maybe this information will be a bit of peace and comfort for you when you do hit the most challenging time of your life know that you will move from dark to light you must you can you will you must it's just a matter of showing up on your mat and doing the work and letting the darkness become part of your path I want to share one of my greatest pitfalls when dealing with the shadow self. My default mode, because I'm so trained in spiritual science, I'm so trained in yoga, I have spent my life in this cave of spirituality and learning about metaphysics and how the mind works and the ancient teachings of yoga. What I tend to do when I hit a rough patch is my ego will just go, mm, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I know too much to feel that. Like, no, my inner child can't come out right now and admit that she's vulnerable and scared and broken and feels so alone. No, 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 that teaching's not that, Haley. Teaching's not that. You, you, you're better than that. You know better than that. Like, you're stronger than that. And what happens is I end up creating another wall of resistance and what we resist persist in life what we resist persist in life because we're unwilling to go there with our inner child we're unwilling to think of ourselves that little to have that little of an emotion that we deny it we stuff it we store it we say no I'm I'm better than that I've I've dealt with that all my life I'm not going back there again I'm not going back there again to feel like this little lost little girl that's so hurt And that backfires on me. That's just my personal experience. (laughs) So what I've learned to do and what I've learned to understand is, you know, grief and lessons and life lessons and these three lessons we come to, we came to overcome in this lifetime to me is circular. It's not linear. It can happen when you least expect it, when you think you've, you're over it. You think you've mastered the lesson, but oh no, that's got to come back one more time. And I just take time to acknowledge it, like meet that thought, that pattern with compassion and grace 
and just let my inner child have a panic, a, a moment of breakdown, of crying, whatever I need, so I don't keep creating more resistance. And it's really funny, once I acknowledge that and I let myself get to that low of a vulnerable place, somehow I'm lighter, somehow I'm freer, somehow it just kind of goes away. It just, it melts away. And you may have to repeat this hundreds of times, you know, we're all so different. But then there's just something that kind of happens. If it's been a major theme in your life for years and years and years, when you finally have gratitude for that lesson, there's no emotional charge to that lesson anymore. You're just so grateful for what it taught you, almost to the point you're kind of just not even interested in it anymore. You're not interested in talking about that pain or that pattern, that instance, that experience, but you're grateful. You're, you're warm hearted and grateful, but kind of just done with it. The only reason you'd even bring it up again is to teach somebody else to share your story, to pay it forward. Then you know, there's some deep roots in your healing that are taking foot and you're moving forward. And I think that's really beautiful, but I have had to give myself permission just to be the inner child, to be the little weak lost girl when something like that comes up. And for me, that has sped up my spiritual path instead of just thinking, no, I'm too good to feel this way. You know, yogis are great at articulating. We can analyze and articulate any situation, but do we really take time to feel it? Do we really give ourselves permission to go there when the darkness rears its ugly head? So yes, yoga is not always a honeymoon, although we must enjoy the stages of honeymoon. They're very important to the path. And ultimately, cumulatively, I can say I live with more peace and more contentment for going through the darkness of my life. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a review and rating below. That really helps keep us going and lets us know that you're enjoying what we are putting out. Also, check out my online studio that we have at The Yoga Stand at www.theyogastand.com. There'll be some links in the description to below that'll take you straight to our online portal where you can take a class, a day pass for $5.99. We also have courses available 24-7, any time to you to continue furthering your learning. And one day I will have my own website with more information about me, Haley Beaver's Yoga. We're just not there yet. But for now, you can check me out at our web uh, at our local studio website we're down in texas and we'd love to have you online and meet you there thanks so much for tuning in and love and light yogis namaste